Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. That little stray white dog showed up yesterday. He's still coming and going, but I can't I can't get a hold of him. So um, if you'll pray for him, and if somebody's missing their dog, that we can get him back together with his family. Thank you. Our study today is about a dangerous form of mind cure. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. There is a form of mind cure that's one of the most effective agencies for evil. Through this so-called science one mind is brought under the control of another so that the individuality of the weaker is merged in that of the stronger mind. One person acts out the will of another. But this so-called science is based upon false principles. It's foreign to the nature and spirit of Christ. It does not lead to him who is life and salvation. The one who attracts minds to himself leads them to separate from the true source of their strength. I think that's a very important concept to really grasp that if somebody is attracting minds to himself as their guide or, or director, that he is leading them to separate from the true source of their strength, which is Christ. In these days, when skepticism and infidelity, they often appear in a scientific garb. So we need to be guarded on every hand because through this means, our great adversary is deceiving thousands and leading them captive according to his will. The advantage he takes of the sciences. Sciences which pertain to the human mind is tremendous. Here, serpent-like, he imperceptibly creeps into corrupt the work of God. Mm. Look at the way that he hypnotized Eve in the garden. He started by questions. He questioned her. And then he took hold of her words and twisted them. Continuing on here. While it is believed that one human mind so wonderfully affects another, Satan, who is ready to press every advantage, insinuates himself, and he works on the right hand and on the left, and while those who are devoted to these sciences laud them to the heavens because of the great and good works which they affirm are wrought by them, they little know what a power for evil they are cherishing. Mark the influences of these sciences, dear reader, for the conflict between Christ and Satan is not yet ended. Neglect of prayer leads men to rely on their own strength and it opens the door to temptation. In many cases, the imagination is captivated by scientific research and men are flattered through the consciousness of their own powers. Cut away from yourselves everything that savors of hypnotism, the science by which satanic agencies work. So they use hypnotism. So hypnotism and psychology, they're both considered by many to be very beneficial. And I know many people who are seeking out counselors, whether they're psychologists or, or social workers, whatever they are, and some have gone to hypnotism to lose weight or to quit smoking or maybe to find out some kind of inner thing that may have happened to them in the past. But God uses our conscience 
as a tool, I, and I think that many of these counselors and psychologists and such hypnotists, they find ways for you to avoid responsibility. That's why I was saying here that God uses our conscience as a tool and it helps us to know when we've gotten off track and, and need to seek him. So it's important to not go to somebody who's going to dull down our conscience or our sense of responsibility. But we need to bring all advice to God's word before applying it in our own life. Don't you think? It would be seen when you do that much of the directions from counselors and hypnotists and psychologists, it's not biblically sound. As an example, when my son died, I saw three different counselors at the time. One of them told me to place a chair in front of me, facing me, an empty chair, and I would sit in a chair facing the empty chair. And uh, I was then to talk to the empty chair as though it were my son and tell him everything that I had wanted him to know. And I got home and I started to do this when um, the situation just struck me as just unreal and I, I couldn't follow through. So that wasn't my son and anything I could say would not change history or bring him back, nor could it help me go forward in a healthier fashion. So God has promised to restore, and this is God's promise, to restore the years the locusts have eaten. He can restore every loss. He can restore my son. He can restore every sense of guilt or failure on my part as a parent that it happens to us. So this hope is real. It's founded on the word of God that he's going to restore the years the locusts have eaten. Hallelujah. You know, I'm sad and I miss my son, but I trust that God allowed him to be laid to rest for his salvation. We don't know what would have, what he would have done if he had continued to live, what choices he would have made. He was, at that time in his life, he was living with his father who was involved in some pretty ugly things that I will not even mention. And my son was in that environment. And, um, well, we just don't know, do we? We do not know the future, but God is trustworthy. And I choose to trust and believe that he knows what's best for each of us. And through these trials, um, it could also have been a tool to help me to come to a position of trusting in him and surrendering my life to him. We just don't know. God knows every detail. He's good and only good. And his word promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. We cannot neglect prayer because we cannot succeed in our own strength. We're frail and fallen by nature. We read that we are to cut away from everything the savers of hypnotism, for it's the science by which satanic agencies work. Now, God has said we are all brethren. There's nobody who's in charge of somebody else. There's a promise in Isaiah 30, verse 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, and whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Psalm 73, 23 and 24 says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. James 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given him. Psalms 37, 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, 
that he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Let's close with prayer. Dear Jesus, we have all got a lot of grief and sorrow in our history. Things that we have failed to do, things that we have done, things that give us lots of grief and sorrow that we are unable to bear on our own. Thank you, Lord, that you have taken from us this guilt and cast it in the depths of the sea so that we can stand before your law without shame or guilt and that you can then justify us with your blood and then you can sanctify us with your own righteousness. Lord, we want to present ourselves for this work to be done in our lives. Help us just to lean on you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me. God bless you today. Try to stay on the straight and narrow. Don't do anything that you're going to be sorry for tomorrow. And grieve Jesus. We'll see you in the morning.